Hi, everyone. I know recently we announced we were going to two episodes a week and then three episodes a week. But you know what? There are just too many episodes. So we are going to back to five episodes a week. Still a reduction from seven, but there were just too many interviews scheduled, and I didn't want to make all the authors wait for too long. So I hope you can keep up with me. Listen to one a week as you're on your way to work or on your way home or putting your kids to bed or whatever it is you're doing. Moms don't have time to read books now five times a week. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, and you're listening to the award-winning podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. If you like this podcast, you will love my new anthology called Moms Don't Have Time to Have Kids. Check it out, and you'll hear from 49 authors about all sorts of things moms don't have time to do. All the authors have been on this podcast. Also, check out my TikTok, at with Zibby and Tracy, my other podcast, Sex Talk with Zibby and Tracy. Check out Moms Don't Have Time to Write on Medium. And of course, my new publishing company called Zibby Books. And now back to our daily author interview site and a quick hello from some of my kids. Hi. Hi. Hello. Enjoy the show. If you like this podcast, you will love my new anthology called Moms Don't Have Time to Have Kids. Here's a little snippet by one of the authors from the anthology. My name is Shelley R. Johannes, and I'm so excited I got to contribute to Moms Don't Have Time to Have Kids Anthology. My essay, I Am Not Broken, Today I'm Okay, is about dealing with chronic illness. What I really don't have time for is getting sick so that I can binge Netflix and hide in bed. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. I hope you're all having an amazing, amazing day filled with lots of food and joy and friends and family and whatever you are thankful for coming to the fore. So... Thanks for tuning in to this episode, these episodes about Thanksgiving-themed books. Denise Kiernan is the author of We Gather Together, A Nation Divided, A President in Turmoil, and A Historic Campaign to Embrace Gratitude and Grace. 
Denise is an author, journalist, and producer. Her latest book, We Gather Together, arrived in winter 2020, and her last book, The Last Castle, September 2017, was an instant New York Times bestseller in both hardcover and paperback, and was also a Wall Street Journal bestseller. She's also the author of The Girls of Atomic City, which is a New York Times, Los Angeles Times, and NPR bestseller, and has been published in multiple languages. She lives in North Carolina. We actually did not talk about The Girls of Atomic City or the other ones because I was so focused on this book. So sorry about that. Welcome, Denise. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss We Gather Together, A Nation Divided, A President in Turmoil, and A Historic Campaign to Embrace Gratitude and Grace. How'd I do? Perfect. Dramatic reading. <laughs> no, that was great. And you know, it's funny as a writer, you know, sometimes the whole subtitle thing becomes this like giant group thing. And, you know, sometimes to remember my own subtitles, I literally have to pick up the book. (laughs) So you did great. You were fabulous. Thank you. I appreciate it. (laughs) Okay. Can you please tell listeners what your book is about? Yes. So my book, We Gather Together, is a really a new way to look at giving thanks and the holiday we have come to know as Thanksgiving. And it's sort of, there there are three elements to the book in my mind. There is the evolution of this holiday we've come to know as Thanksgiving, going from, you know, way, way, way back on on other continents, all the way up through the 21st century. Then there is the story of this amazing woman, Sarah Josepha Hale, and the Civil War and how this woman lobbied to make Thanksgiving an established, codified celebration that would take place the same day every year throughout the country, which it wasn't prior to her efforts. And then the third part is really, to me, what the linchpin of this entire book is, and that is about gratitude. And just the core element of All of this is gratitude. And thanks to the last 10, 20 years, we now have this incredible amount of research about how important a gratitude practice is, not just for how you feel. And, you know, we've all heard gratitude journals and things like that, but also there is neuroscientific evidence now that it is good for your emotional health, your physical health, your blood pressure, you know, all of these sorts of things. So, so to me, the gratitude piece was a really, really important part of this. I was really fascinated by this aspiring author turned mom turned oh my gosh crusader piece of the puzzle I didn't even know I mean this is embarrassing to say maybe I shouldn't even say that I didn't even know who she was and I had not I didn't know her story ahead of time no it's not embarrassing to say I mean what's funny is when you do one of my first really big you know really big books that took off was the girls of atomic city which is about these women who were working on the Manhattan project without their knowledge and people would say the same thing to me they'd come up and say I feel so bad I didn't know about this I was like I didn't know about this till you know I came across it and then started looking more deeply into it. So yeah, I, you know, I didn't know what I had learned about Sarah Josepha Hale, this, you know, widowed mother of five who becomes basically the most powerful editor in the United States of America in the 19th century. I didn't know much about her, came across her and I thought, I have to keep looking into this woman, but I didn't just want to do a biography of her because it's just, I just don't write biographies. So that's, I I had to wait till the other pieces that I just described kind of came together. But I did know that I wanted her to be, you know, a, a real part of this story because she is fascinating. 
And you read about Sarah Giuseppe Hill's life, not just her lobbying to establish Thanksgiving, but her life as an editor, her life as a fundraiser, her life as and a poet. A, as a poet. Oh, of a little something we <laughs> we have we know as Mary had a little lamb, which you know really caught on. As, you know, this this is this is a woman who helped popularize Christmas trees in the United States. This is a woman who said women should wear white when they get married. She put, she was, this is somebody who helped introduce the word lingerie to American readers, <laughs> who was one of the first publishers of Edgar Allan Poe. I mean, this is someone who was like the OG influencer, right? I mean, if she were alive today, she would have a gazillion Instagram followers. Everybody would be looking to her about not just what to wear, but what to read and, you know, all of these sorts of things. But one of the greatest things about her is that she used so much of her influence to raise up others Mm -hmm. and to bring attention to other people's work. And so again, that she embodied a lot of the gratitude and grace that I was hoping this whole book would be able to, to capture. What did you set out to do with this book? Like, was this start as I want to do something about Thanksgiving in general, or did it start with, I found this amazing character or did it start with like, what was your, what was happening in your life that made it a book? (laughs) That made it a book. No, that's a great question because as a writer, I always have to go with my curiosity. So so these books stay in our lives for a while. So you have to have a topic that just kind of grabs you. But writing is also so much about what you don't want to say or don't need to say as much as what you do want to say and do need to say. And the don't part can be tricky sometimes because you kind of want to shoehorn everything in there. What I wanted to do was present... A uh, my curiosity about Hale was massive. Her partnering essentially with Abraham Lincoln to establish a day of thanks in the middle of the Civil War. I mean, you want to talk about a time when it's hard to get everybody to kind of come together and get on board. You know, that fascinated me. So I knew I wanted to say something about that. But I also knew I wanted to look at where we have come as a country with this particular holiday and how it has evolved over time and how it can continue to evolve, I think. So I really wanted to present an entirely new Thanksgiving story in a way, an accurate one, one that's based in fact, and one that I think is kind of inspirational and inclusive and that can sort of take us you know, in a new, more inclusive, wonderful, gratitude-centered direction with the holiday. And as I as I talk about in the beginning of the book, you know, I love I love Thanksgiving. It is easily my my favorite holiday. And but you know, I wanted to feel good about I wanted to feel good about Thanksgiving. And there are so many wonderful inspirational stories and fascinating stories related to this holiday over time and throughout history. And I just really wanted to share that with folks and, you know, have just kind of zero in on that, that, that thank you part of of Thanksgiving, which is something that everybody can get behind. It really is a unifying idea. Totally agree. Yes. And the food doesn't hurt. And the food does not hurt. And boy, did she like writing about food. Oh my gosh. So in addition to all of, you know, her editing and everything she writes, she wrote a novel. She has almost an entire chapter dedicated to a Thanksgiving meal and how you should set the table. Very, I mean, like Martha Stewart 
stepped aside, you know, and I, I love Martha, but I mean, <laughs> this woman was all about it in the 19th century and would share it with her readers and give, you know, hosting suggestions and, it, you know, just in the magazine, as well as in books she wrote, it was, it was incredible. And I, I love that too. I'm a, I cook a lot. I mean, I cook throughout the year, but it's, it's a massive Thanksgiving. I, I really get into my Thanksgiving for sure. Do you have a favorite dish? I am, uh, is gravy a dish? I think gravy can be a dish, right? It may well be. (laughs) I make, let's just say I make gravy a dish. (laughs) Gravy to me is, if gratitude is what brings this entire book together, gravy is what brings the entire Thanksgiving meal together for me. I can actually, I also really like cranberry sauce. I've made the same cranberry sauce for years now. It's a tweak on a really old, on an old Bon Appetit, recipe. It's cranberry Zinfandel sauce. So you, I mean, you know, and as long as the Zin is there while you're cooking, you know, you put, put a little in this cranberry sauce, put a little in me and it's delicious. And I actually like when the gravy interacts with the cranberry sauce makes me very excited. And my favorite gravy right now that I've made the last couple of years is a Madeira gravy. There's a theme here. There's a, there's, I, a, I, a, a wine. The there's a theme here. It's delicious. It's just so delicious. Anyway, don't get me started on gravy. I, can go I know. I feel like I just want to hear you talk about food. This is like, I'm, you know, it's like lunchtime. I'm like, tell me more about it. <laughs> well, that was, I mean, honestly, that's, that's one of the things that was so wonderful about you know, writing this very uplifting book about, you know, Thanksgiving during the Spanish flu and how they handled it. When I wrote that and when I titled the book, We Gather Together, all that, this was done before COVID. Mm -hmm. So when I was going back and editing and copy editing with my publisher, all of a sudden, you know, the phrase social distancing is taking off while I'm editing a book called We Gather Together. And the, the section on Thanksgiving during the Spanish flu took on this whole other level of, of meaning. And the idea of trying to find things to be thankful for when times are going really, 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 really <laughs> badly became all the more important to me. So it, it was... It was such a unique experience as a writer because, you know, as you know, when you conceive of something, you get the idea for it. The world is, your life is in one particular place. As you're writing it, your life is in another place. As you're promoting it and the book is out in the world, that world may look very different than the world in which you came up with this idea for a book. And the life of a book is very different, which is why sometimes you can, it's so fun to pick up a book you read a long time ago and see how it affects you differently. It's like, you know, you can't step into the same river twice. You can't read the same book twice, really, kind of, because you bring so much of yourself to it. And you do that as a writer and you do that as a reader. So, but boy, did the world change between... while between the time that I like, you know, was writing this book and then, you know, was out in the world talking about it. It was, yeah, it it was quite, quite an experience. I interviewed somebody else during the pandemic and her book, oh my gosh, I'm going to blank on her, on the name of her, but it was, it was all about gathering. I thought it was called gathering. I have to look it up. I'll send it to you. That sounds familiar. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to see that. Anyway, but it doesn't matter. But I loved your point about rereading books and how we bring different things. Because often authors say things like, well, it's not my book anymore. I've put it out into the world. It's yours to interpret and do what you will with it in your mind. But yes, I've also had the sensation 
I had this one book that I read in college and for years I would tell everybody it was my favorite book. It was called Drinking, A Love Story. And I guess I was just like drinking too much back then or something. Anyway, I reread it recently and I was like, I mean, it's really good. And I love Caroline Knapp and she's a fabulous author. And I was so sad when she passed away, even though I didn't even know her, but it didn't hit me hard the way it had before. And it just made me think like, what was going on in my mind so much at the time that this was the book that I felt I needed right then. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Oh yeah. Cause books come into your life. They're like little people. I mean, they, yeah. they come into your life at different times for different reasons. I mean, I remember the, one of the first times I love William Faulkner. One of the first times I, I read Faulkner, I was 14 and it was for English class. Cause my English teacher was obsessed with him. She had a Faulkner sweatshirt. <laughs> what the nerd in me, I would, what I would give for a Faulkner sweatshirt today, but we, you know, we used to love to tease her. And I went back and read Faulkner, you know, like seven years later, like right out, like the summer, right after I graduated college. And I thought, oh my God, this man is amazing. And it was, it was just interesting. Now, obviously it's a big difference between a 14 year old and a 21 year old, but I, it, it was one of those times when I thought it's, it's really interesting and always worth it to kind of go back to those that you really, really like and, and give them another read and see how they, see how they affect you for sure. Yeah. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. First, that's not helping book sales much, but you know. <laughs> I know. That's, I mean, that's what they were saying. They're like, oh, I'm fine. I'm going to reread War and Peace. No, go buy books. Um, <laughs> get out and go. Yeah, I know. But you know, our house, like, like no, yours, it's, yes. just, it's just a library. It's everywhere. I love them. They're, they're wonderful, such wonderful objects. And where, they're, where they're do you friends. live? Where do you live when you're not out on the road? Yes, when I'm not in the Hampton Inn, I uh, live in Asheville, North Carolina. Oh. which is a lovely, a lovely place. And I was in New York City for, for many years, cut my teeth at the, at the Village Voice and lived in New York City for a long time, lived in Rome for a while, where I struggled to find cranberries, as I, as I talk about in the book, which was <laughs> terrifying for me. But yeah, I live in Asheville, North Carolina. It's in the western part of North Carolina in the mountains. 
And it's lovely. It's a big creative community, a lot of writers. Yeah, Ron Rash lives there. That Charles Frazier, who wrote a little something called Colt Mountain. Charles lives there. Elizabeth Costova lives there. I mean, there are a lot of right. a lot of writers there, a lot of creatives, a lot of musicians, a lot of artists. My husband has is a producer and he has like a music arm of his business. And yes. his, his buddy Dan just met, now I'm remembering this whole thing, met Leslie at my book party. Anyway. Yes. Yes. And so, so Leslie connected Dan and I and oh, said, great. You know, Dan and Anna, you guys have to hang out with Denise and Joe. My husband, Joe is also a writer. You guys all have to hang out in Asheville. And it was a class. It was actually a classic. At- I love that Leslie brought us together because she's just lovely that way, but it was a classic Asheville moment, really. I mean, it's, you, you, it's one of those places that is its own center it's of the universe in a sense you know it's it's really interesting how many times i'll mention it and somebody will say oh my god a friend of mine just moved there or oh my god a friend of mine was just, you know it's yeah it's 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 a good spot have you been i have not you gotta come you gotta come down yeah you gotta come down you gotta come see biltmore house i would love to who knows yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So what are you working on now, by the way? Well, actually related to this next year, a picture book oh. titled We Give Thanks is going to come out. That is going to be a kind of a, a new Thanksgiving, nonfiction Thanksgiving story for very young people. Mm-hmm. And also adapting We Gather Together for middle grade readers as well. So if a family wants to do a family read, the parents can have the adult version we gathered together that you just held up. And then, you know, the middle schoolers can have their young reader edition and then the little ones can have a little picture book. So I'm really excited about that. The picture book's done. So I just saw some sketches, which is, is really exciting, but I'm researching my next sort of big narrative nonfiction book, which is tentatively titled Obstinate Daughters. Oh, I love that. And that comes from a colonial era newspaper cartoon from across the pond. They were talking about the difficulty that England, the Crown, was having taking the Charleston area and Sullivan's Island in particular. So this cartoon they put in the paper was a woman's head in profile and her hair was up, you know, very elegantly, but in her hair were cannons and, and, and muskets and all of these sorts of things. And it said, Miss Carolina Sullivan, obstinate daughter of the colonies or something like that. And it was really, really cool. And so I'm basically looking at pre-colonial and colonial era Unite America, but through the eyes of women, people of color, and indigenous peoples, and sort of kind of retelling the story of the founding of America from that perspective. And then I myself, as an obstinate daughter, am going (laughs) through and retracing some of their footsteps and looking at what their legacy is like today. So there is going to be this travelogue thread to it. So I'm really, I'm really excited. I'm really excited about it. Actually. I love that. I can see that being a very funny gift too. Yeah. Funny gift book. I have lots of people I would give that to, you know, (laughs) history aside, I'm sure it's going to be amazingly well-written, but even, you know, title alone. (laughs) Title alone. That's right. So what advice would you have for aspiring authors? The advice I always give and people feel like they've heard it before, but I'm still challenged following it. So I always feel like it's valid to share. 
allow yourself to write a really crappy first draft. Mm-hmm. And it is so hard not to edit yourself while you're going through things. And I really honestly believe that you have got to give yourself permission to write a really bad first draft so that you get it done. And then the really fun part begins revising and tweaking and shaping. And, you know, I I try to think of writing as like a skeleton, like get the bones down, Mm -hmm. you know, then go back through put a layer of skin on, then, you know, go back through for another pass. I usually like to do about three passes before I turn it into an editor and, you know, dress it up a little, but not too much. And then, you know, as you're finalizing things, you do what Coco Chanel supposedly always did. It's like, you know, look in the mirror and the first thing that catches your eye, take it off because it's probably a little bit too much. So you got to <laughs> like then, then go, then go pare down. So you get the bones, get the, the the skin that holds it all together, dress it up, and then Coco Chanel it. That's my that's my approach to to writing and and revising and editing and and in in all seriousness, also be careful about when you share your work. Write every day and be careful when you share your work and with whom you share your work. You want people who are gonna be honest with you, but that have your best interests at heart. And that is a very, it is a harder thing to find than you might realize. And it's, it's okay to have a good, strong critique. I get nervous if I don't get a good, strong critique. I want things to be better. But that critique needs to come from a place of really wanting the best for you as a writer and for your work. And just keep at it every day. And judging from your cooking ingredients, perhaps add some wine while you, while you do it. And, yes. <laughs> I actually, do, I actually don't. <laughs> that, is, that is, that is, I, I will, I will drink while I cook. I do not drink while I, while I write. Okay. Right. I, can't, I, can't, I can't do it. I gotta, I gotta. Also, I, you know, I, I am one of those wake up first thing in the morning and write people, which I also, I don't tell people they have to do that because I think everybody gets into their own routine and has their own way of doing things. And as long as you're doing it consistently and it's working for you, do that. Don't, you know, let anybody else or someone like me say you have to write in the morning. I like writing in the morning because it's before all the, you know, ping and ding and and email and all that stuff starts to get in my head. And I, I have the... I have the purest relationship with the work before all that, all of the rest of life kicks in. So that's what I would say. Be nice to yourself. It's hard to be nice to yourself as a writer sometimes, but try and be nice to yourself. Try. 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 Awesome. Well, I will be thinking of you having your gravy and, you know, cranberry sauce while I dig into my 18 servings of mashed sweet potatoes with marshmallows on top oh, and yes, <laughs> yes. this corn syrup to that's get also very good that's day. also very good with gravy you gotta slap some gravy on top of those marshmallows it goes yeah. with everything yeah it binds the meal together i'll yeah. make sure to put some on i'll post some on instagram i'll be sure to post some things you should start just bottling up your gravy you could do a side <laughs> side business you could actually sell a bottle of gravy with the book as a, a little promotion. Not a bad idea. That would next be year. awesome. Yes. That's paperback. it. That's right. Paperback. 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 Yeah. The gravy, the gravy edition. Yeah. Yes. Gravy train. Okay. 
<laughs> All right. Take care, Denise. Thanks so much. Thank you, Zubi. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.